Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Welcome back to another episode of A Better Way Podcast. Today, you're joined by Courtney, um, and I have Katie Mullaney with me here. She is a creative arts therapist, Reiki practitioner, and the founder and owner of Create Space Buffalo, which is a studio in Buffalo, New York, dedicated to supporting personal growth through arts therapy, Reiki, and yoga. Um, So welcome, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Courtney. Yeah. And so funny story for our listeners. This is my first time actually chatting with Katie live, but I know a lot about her because I'm really good friends with her sister, Kelly. Kelly and I met in a prenatal yoga class over three years ago in West Hartford, Connecticut and become friends. And I've been able to kind of learn about and follow Katie's journey over the last couple of years in creating the studio and becoming a mom with a COVID baby, which we were just chatting about before the the episode started. So I'm super excited to have her here because I think that not only has she been super successful in building this business of her own and transitioning her work into that, um, mostly full-time versus her previous job, but also she's supporting people in the areas of mental and emotional health, specifically moms, which I think is so important and so timely, especially given the last year. Um, so yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, Katie, can I hand it over to you and you can give me just a little bit of background of what you're up to today and how you kind of got to where you are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my title is art therapist. Um, and like you said, I also do um, Reiki healing as well. But um, so I, I have background in doing substance abuse counseling, mental health counseling, all while being a uh, an art therapist. In New York State, an art therapist is is under mental health practitioner. I'm, I'm not quite sure what, you know, the, the similarities are in other states, but so I've been working at a um, inpa- inpatient acute psychiatric hospital for the past, I'd say almost eight years at this time. Um, and so I got to be a part of of kind of building their art therapy program there. Um, And so they went from, the patients there went from not having really any art therapy or just kind of minimal art therapy to having it every day, having group art therapy and having a chance to work one-on-one with myself and the other art therapist. And um, so myself and my coworker, the other art therapist really got to witness people connecting with processing and expressing themselves in a different way. Um, And this was kind of different than our roles that we had previously in like outpatient work. Um, People coming into the hospital in this kind of capacity are are really at their lowest and like really vulnerable. And um, I think to be able for them to feel like they can connect to something that feels more safe and comfortable and like they're really kind of making some progress. Um, 
was really special for us to be a part of. And we were getting feedback or, or questions from the patients we were working with. How can I continue this in an outpatient capacity? And um, so art therapy is, is kind of a small field, uh, particularly in Buffalo. So in bigger cities like, you know, New York City or like in California, um, it's kind of, a, it has a bigger presence out there, but here it's pretty small. There's only a handful of practitioners that have a private practice. Um, and also in New York state, it's not covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. So you have to pay out of pocket and therapy is pretty expensive. It can be. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and most of the, the individuals that we work with in the hospital, um, you know, a lot of them are on disability and things like that. And they can't afford to pay out of pocket for therapy. And, um, and so myself and the other art therapists were really just kind of discussing how, well, we recognized there was a need in our community. There was a need um, for people to be able to connect with art therapy on an outpatient basis um, and for it to be more accessible to them financially. Um, so we just started talking about what that would look like. And then we made it a point to talk about it every week. Um, so That's great. We, so you guys kind of held each other accountable yeah. and like made committed time to like bring this plan into reality? Yeah, I think the more and more we we were getting the feedback, we were like, we, we really just need to make space for this to make time to be able to talk about what this would look like. And so, and she and I are very visual people as art therapists. And so we drew pictures about it, like what it would look like, what our space would look like, and to really be able to like visualize um, maybe like what this dream would be like a vision us. board almost kind of like a vision board. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we really thought about, you know, again, like what, uh, what the need was in the community. Again, it was more of like a, an accessibility for, for, um, at least the, the population we were working with. And so, um, so we came up with basically like a weekly support group. And um, again, we just kind of like kept our minds open and just kind of like whatever, um, we let ourselves dream pretty big. You know, we kind of tried to keep out any like butts and things like that, that would like put up roadblocks. And we were like, you know, when we were creating our drawings of like what this would look like, we actually started looking in, to um, like Craigslist and things like that to, mm -hmm. to see like what actual spaces are available. Like we really need to like picture this and, and what it would be like. And we knew we didn't want like an office space which is pretty typical even for our therapists to work out of like a therapy office. We wanted a art studio mm -hmm. and we found one on Craigslist. And so again, just like, we're like, well, let's go take a look at it and no expectations, but we just wanna like, be in, in a space like that just to like create this vision. And we walked into this art studio and we were like, we'll take it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I and, love and Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say it happened way more quickly than we planned because in the beginning we were like, let's just dream for, let's say about a year and maybe like in a year we'll like put things 
into place. And I'd say it was like within six months we found the studio and, and then it just took off from there. Yeah. There's so many good nuggets there that you talked about. And for listeners, one of the things that I find really interesting about what Katie's doing is she has a physical space. And I think that's interesting for two reasons. Um, so many people and like myself included, I'm mostly online. I have some clients locally, but I go to their office and I'm working from home. And so I think that people who are interested in building, uh, you know, in this instance, you need to create that space for other people, right? You need to be able to get them out mm-hmm. of their daily lives and away from those distractions and into the studio where it's a safe space. And so you um, have a unique challenge as a business owner in that in order to bring this to fruition, you kind of needed to have an actual physical space to create it. But I also mm-hmm. find it interesting because you've been able to keep it um alive through the past year, which has probably been a challenge. I know you do some things digitally, um, but yeah. you know, one takeaway for our listeners that I love is like, you allowed yourself to dream big throughout this entire process. Um, and something I'm learning as a business owner, and I'd love to chat with you a little bit about the, the energy work is I've gone through my own healing journey the last two to three years. And I've been doing a lot of Reiki and energy healing, and I've been in, introduced into like the you know, principles of manifestation and abundance and changing my limiting beliefs. And I Mm -hmm. noticed that when I started out as an entrepreneur, I had so many limiting beliefs. I kept putting myself in this box and I would have business coaches and they'd be like, well, who would be your dream client or what would your dream day look like? And I'm like, I don't know. I just want to make enough money to be able to leave my corporate job and be able to do this and be able to see my kids. I never even let myself dream. And I think that that's something that a lot of moms struggle with because you're so caught in the day to day. So I love that you and your colleague just gave yourself space to be like, what would this look like? If we were to fill this need, how would this feel? What would it look like? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what type of vibe are we going to, how are we supporting people? Because I think that you had a very clear why, and that made it all so much easier. So, um, I know that's something I'm taking away from this is always go back to that. Why and let yourself think, well, why does it need to be this way? Can it be bigger? Can it be different? So. Yeah, I have to give credit to uh, a friend of mine when I was in grad school for art therapy, I had a friend who was in grad school for, Oh, now I can't remember the title of it, but it was like creativity, essentially. Um, uh, it'll come to me what like what the program was, but but it was about creativity. And so <clears throat> he would do like these exercises and like practice with with his wife and with myself of just like, like dream big, like don't put any limitations to it. And it was like. Um, it was quite an exercise because you would catch yourself like holding yourself back, but you know, and those are those like, but that can actually happen or, but I don't have enough money or, but you know, all of those things. And he was just like, we're just talking here, you know, we're just talking. And so just let it flow. And, you know, and maybe some things will come into fruition and maybe some things won't, but just like allow yourself to like visualize and like dream and, Um, and it was like, then that I learned how powerful that was in, in a tied in at the same time, like I said, I was in, um, grad school for art therapy at the time. And so I was learning about the, the power of visualization through the program as well. But, um, but our mind is such a powerful thing. And, and when you allow yourself just to expand in that way and just dream and just let it be in your mind and, and let those visions come Um, it makes it like you feel in your body that it's more possible because you can see it. Mm -hmm. 
Is there anything as like an entrepreneur that you do or that you've done along the journey to help kind of keep you in that frame of mind and like keeping scarcity mindset out of the way and focusing on just possibilities? Oh, well, so one thing that I've noticed for myself is that speaking with other women entrepreneurs is extremely helpful to me in like and keeping me in that space because um, not just it being helpful to hear it from other people, but this like back and forth, um, I feel like like we mentor each other. And so by me saying it and like repeating it to them helps me like remind myself um, to, to not limit myself and, and think big. Um, and, and again, it's like a, an accountability thing. So I've, um, there's about four of us that meet every month on Zoom just to chat and talk about kind of where we're at with, some of them are in the like, um, planning stages. Um, some of us have had our business for a few years, but um, that part's helpful to me just to kind of bring myself back to <laughs> how I did get started and like keeping my mind open because even like throughout the journey, you know, it's, it's easy to lose confidence and um, to feel stuck sometimes. And then just like bringing it back to keeping yourself open and I don't know, things like that. Yeah. So actually I'd love to chat a little bit about what the last year has looked like, because I think right now you're offering in-person and Zoom um, classes in the studio, right? Um, And so you've had an interesting year in that your baby, well, not baby, your one-year-old was born, was it February of last year you mentioned, right? Yes. Yeah. So February. You had a baby, COVID hit. You had your job. that you were working previously and you had create space Buffalo. And now over the last year, you've kind of transitioned where most of your time is with create space Buffalo. So was that your ultimate goal? And can you just share a little (laughs) bit about how you made all of that happen and probably the hardest year in history for any of us? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was a journey. Um, so my plan was, so all ever since, you know, we opened Create Space Buffalo, and that was in 2017. The dream was that was going to be the full-time job. And how was I going to make that transition? I had no idea, but, you know, we just kind of went with it. And um, so when I got pregnant, I was like, okay, this is it. This is it. I'm going to, like, go on maternity leave. That'll be my break. And then um, I'll have some time while on maternity leave to, to work on private practice stuff and kind of building that up. And um, I'll use some of my benefits to go back to work in kind of like a part-time capacity. Um, in New York State, there's a paid family leave that allows you to take up to 10 weeks, either as a chunk or like broken up. So I was going to break it up. So I could go back to work, um, I think three days a week for a period of time and then continue to work on create space stuff. Um, That plan did not work out. And um, I felt like the universe was just saying, 
Katie, you said this is what you wanted to do, so do it. And so I, I couldn't go back to work part-time, um, but they did have per diem available. So I just kind of held on to that just kind of as a safety net. Cause I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work, but if this is going to be the time that it happens, then I don't know what other time I'm going to have to, to see if this works. So it was kind of like jumping into the dark. Um, but I just felt like it was this push from the universe that said, like, you said this is what you wanted. So here it is, you know, right in front of you. So. I love it too, because it kind of aligns with the name create space. Like that's something I'm learning that I need to give something up in order to create space for something else. And like, you yes. literally had to do that. You were like, this isn't going to happen yes. unless I create space for it. Even if I have no idea how I'm going to bring it to fruition, let's create space and it'll happen somehow. That's right. I feel like that's, that's been my lesson over and over and over again is that you have to create the space to allow what you want to be, you know, whether it's, you know, even just in the planning stages, we had to create that time. We had to like commit to that time, right? Once a week, we created that time in our, in our week to just talk and dream about it. And then it just continued to like roll from there. So yeah, that's, that's an important lesson for me at least it has been for me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was just kind of, um, it was kind of like this quick transition, um, and kind of unexpected. I wasn't going to go back to work in a part-time capacity or a full-time capacity. I was only going per diem. And then I had all this time to, to mom and to try to create a business or not create a business, but build it at the same time. And, and that was pretty scary. And then there were lessons along that way too, along that journey of, again, um, making sure I created the time to, to work on my business because um, even now, you know, I was going to say in the beginning, but even now, I find that I just try to like sneak in some business stuff, like when the baby's sleeping or that's about it when he's napping or when, you know, he's down for the night is when I try to do some work and it wasn't, it wasn't allowing my business to grow because I wasn't committing the time that I needed that I wanted mm -hmm. for it. Um, and did you find so, that it was a drain on you mentally? Cause that's one thing that oh, I yeah. find is like, I, so I have, um, my three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, he's in preschool full-time now. He was doing distance learning up until March, but he was home with us full-time. And then my six-month-old is now in daycare three days a week, and that is huge. But before that, and even still now, it's like I'll try to sneak something in because I'm always thinking about it. I always have that to-do list yes. in the back of my mind. But then I can't get it done in the five minutes they allow me, so then I'm still yes. stressed about it, and I wasn't <laughs> present for them. And then I'm like, okay. I'm just stressed everywhere now. Yes. So I've been trying to, and I told this to another mom entrepreneur who just had her second baby. I was like, don't, it's not worth sneaking in five minutes here and there. It's worth getting an hour at the end of the day where you can do it because you're so much more efficient. At least that's my perspective, but. No, I totally agree with you. And, and again, even, you know, hearing your stories is like calming for me. Like, okay, I'm not the only one just like you know, go no, this is the norm, not the exception. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. So, um, my mom pretty much has been our, our childcare. Um, and 
there's a lot of great things with that and a lot of um, like sometimes uncomfortable conversations that have to be made even you know for me like um, voicing my needs can kind Mm -hmm. of be like an uncomfortable space and so eventually I had to have a conversation with like with my mom about you know I I need like like two hours a day and that, that, that might not even being be like uh it's not really being like too kind to myself but two hours a day like I can get some stuff done in that mm-hmm. time but I wasn't even giving myself that so I had to ask her like can you be here at least two hours every day um and she was like yeah of course of course and um and that alone again like making that time carving out that time in my day Um, allowed me to get the work I needed to get done that allowed me to grow my business. Mm -hmm. And isn't it funny? I'm reading a book um, by Byron Katie, who a lot, I, this is my first book that I've read of hers, um, but she Mm -hmm. is a really, I think she started out as a life coach and um, a lot of people that I have worked with in like the personal development spaces, clients have recommended her and she has this whole, um, book that I'm reading about, you know, seeking people's approval, but there was a chapter that I was reading last night as I was nursing my six month old Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. And it was about how like your preconceived notions, like you had probably this anxiety about asking your mom for those two hours a day. And that caused, that took up so much of your energy. And I find myself that, and then you ask, and it's not as big of a deal. And you also mentioned like having to kind of ask for what you needed. And there's this quote out there. That's like, you know, you're an adult when you can finally set boundaries with other adults. And it's so hard. Um, but as a business owner, I'm feeling like that is the biggest skill I've had to learn. Like you have to fast track that because there's no way you can get your business off the ground unless you set clear boundaries in a polite and professional way, but you have to be comfortable with that. Otherwise you're just going to be sidelined the entire time. Yes. Boundaries are tough, tough, tough. And that's, I mean, and that's a journey as well that, um, that we've been on as a family. Um, but I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, boundaries, voicing your needs. Uh, that's, that's all lessons I've learned through this for sure. It's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really uncomfortable, but it's necessary. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you, um, it's a question I thought of before, and I can't remember if it's something that I read on your website that made me think of this, but I feel like we're taking this conversation in more of like the business energetic sense, but I think that's Mm -hmm. super important because I think people often overlook that, that like the energy around your business and the thoughts you have are just as important as the tactical things you do. But something that I have found very interesting is balancing like masculine versus feminine energy in like as an entrepreneur, especially as a feminine entrepreneur uh, or a female Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? And I, I mentioned that because I also think just your nature of being a um, creative arts therapist or an arts therapist, you're asking people to kind of dip into their more feminine energy and creative energy, as opposed to their do, do, do masculine energy a lot. And I'd love just your perspective on that. It's so funny. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I don't know what masculine energy is. (laughs) I feel like, you know, I, I grew up, um, our, our parents were divorced and we lived primarily with my mom and she did everything. And so I feel like everything's feminine energy. 
you know, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't fully know maybe how to, uh, how to respond to that, but, um, can you ask the question again? So I can, yeah, like, no. So like, I'm thinking of it from the, like the, the masculine energy is a little bit more like, okay, I've got a to-do list. I need to get this done. I'm going to check everything off my list. I'm going to go, go, go. I'm going to do it as quick as I can. And feminine energy is a little bit more like going with the flow and tapping into how you feel and more in alignment as opposed to a checklist you need to move through. And I get the sense that your, your feminine energy serves you really well in this business because just chatting with you, like I can notice just a different energy that you have that I'm, I'm striving to get back over to that side. Cause I'm a little bit more like drill sergeant, mm. um, with myself about things. And I think your story has shown that, um, you had a plan, but you had to be really gentle with it and kind of, you know, you know, I think you tap into your creative abilities really well. Um, and I am assuming that that's just part of the nature of what you teach too. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think that, I I guess I would say I'm not like that. The masculine energy is not like a comfortable space for me. I don't like to have like um, anything too rigid. I don't like to have like a checklist in a sense um, that kind of gives me anxiety. It kind of gives me, you know, but, but I I, need to take one of your classes because I need to get rid of my list. (laughs) Um, lists work for people and, and, you know, I feel like lists serve a purpose for me at times as well, but, um, but I feel like when I get into that space of like, I need to get things done, I, I put these expectations on myself that, that just like give me anxiety because then I'm just thinking about, I need to get this done and, um, And then I have to bring myself down to, you know, whatever it is, reality, um, and just like self-talk, like, you know, things will get done or, you know, I don't have to be as blank as this person or, or what have you. I get into a space of like comparing myself and, um, and I don't know. It's just, it's not a a space that I'm used to or that I'm comfortable in. And so I have to like bring myself back, I guess, into my feminine energy. I guess I never really thought about it in that way. It's really interesting. No, but I think you, um, like you're just having chatted with you over the last 30 minutes. I can just sense that you have a more aligned or like inflow state approach, which I think is really important, especially because being a mom and an entrepreneur, like nothing ever goes to plan. That's something I struggle with is like, I have a plan and then it never works out. And then (laughs) I spend too much time and energy worrying about the plan that didn't work out as opposed to like picking up the pieces. I'm getting better at it, but um, it sounds like you have a pretty good balance. So one other thing that kind of builds off of that is since you work in the mental health space and you still do the per diem at um, the facility that you were working at previously, but now you're working with a lot of individuals in the community. And I know that you just created a program specifically for moms. Is it expecting Mm -hmm. moms throughout their pregnancy, a journaling program? Yes, that's exactly it. So I think mental health is so important for everybody. Um, I think people have been challenged in ways that they didn't even know 
um, over the last year. And I'm, I'm willing to admit, like I've seen a therapist multiple times. I was going through a health journey the last two to three years. And I saw two different therapists and I've done energy healing and I have found mm-hmm. it so valuable, but it yeah. can be hard to find or to create that space as a mom, especially one who's running a business. So I'd love to ask you two questions. One is mm-hmm. what do you do to support your mental health every day? And then how mm-hmm. do you help your students or your clients support their mental health, specifically moms. Um, because I think that, you know, we're always the last ones to put our oxygen mask on, even though we're supposed to be the first. (laughs) Yeah. So my self-care practice daily is going for walks. Um, and that was something I kind of learned as well. Um, as far as what I needed, like during this time, and and this kind of started, I'd, I'd say, um, since last year, you know, um, in in my mom's space, um, we started going on like hikes on the weekends, even like through the the fall and the winter, and I I just noticed that this that is what I needed, and um, and so now I take walks um, with the with the baby, and it allows me. Um, thinking time, but then I also get in like other things, like I listen to audiobooks or I listen to podcasts. And mm-hmm. that's like my that's like my self-care and where I get my support, you know. Um, mm-hmm. continuing to learn through like the audiobooks. So they're usually books on, you know, they're they're self-care books, but also, you know, like therapy techniques and things like that which is really important to me and really helpful to like keep up that part of, you know, who I am. Absolutely. Um, But then the podcast as well, I find really super helpful. So I've listened to a handful of yours, which I like love so much. Um, And there's another one I've been listening to, which um, has a, one of the hosts is an art therapist. Oh, wow. Which has been extremely helpful just to be like kind of represented in that way and like hear someone else like talk mm-hmm. about, you know, all the barriers in the art therapy world and, and all that. But so that's my self care. So walking and, and so I can get in like the baby's nap time. I can walk and get my exercise and I can also like learn or like get support through my ears. Um, and how I su- support my my clients and especially mothers. I I do a lot of work. Um, I incorporate a lot of mindfulness and uh, somatic awareness in the work that I do. And can you talk a little um, bit more about somatic awareness? I'm not sure I know what it is. My our listeners maybe do, but yes. So somatic awareness is about. Um, recognizing how you experience your emotions in your body. So how they show up somatically. So for example, you know, with anxiety, just thinking about what are the physical symptoms that show up in your body when you're in an anxious, anxious state. So um, like, does your heart, can you feel your heartbeat? Do you have shortness of breath? Do you feel it in your stomach? And how do you feel it in your stomach? Or do your hands shake? Or do they get sweaty? So all of these symptoms that show up, um, and we have them for every set of, of emotions that we go through. So I work with individuals on getting to learn kind of those, that body language, what their body is telling them in these different emotional states so they can Mm -hmm. recognize 
um, when their body shifts into that emotion. Um, because when you can begin to recognize it more, it, it becomes less scary. So you, you're more familiar with it. When you're more familiar with something, um, I think people kind of feel a sense that they're, they have a little bit more control. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like an unknown anymore. So they can recognize when they shift into that emotion, it, uh, perhaps feels a less overwhelming, but then they can also recognize um, things that they do that feel more calm to them, that maybe slows down their heart rate or eases their stomach or releases their tension. So, um, so I, I speak with individuals about like a, contracting emotions that kind of like pull in our body and then expanding emotions that kind of release that tension. So we just kind of play with that. And so I work with each individual on recognizing their own um, somatic responses to emotions and then finding the right coping skills for those. So I use this with um, mothers. So this new um, monthly workshop that I do, it's called Love Letters. And it's a journaling workshop for expected mamas to, to journal to their babies. And this was something that I did during my pregnancy. Um, I started doing it because I felt like I needed connection. So, you know, in the early weeks when you're like, okay, the stick says I'm pregnant. I didn't have any like morning sickness or anything. So I was, it was kind of like a surreal um, time mm -hmm. for me. Like, I, I guess I'm pregnant. I don't really feel it, <laughs> but um, I know so exactly I started, what you're talking about. Yeah. So I started journaling and I was going to prenatal yoga, which was uh, an amazing experience as well. I had an amazing in instructor who ended up becoming my doula. But um, so I started journaling and as I was writing and I wrote to my son, you know, just about just about like my experiences, but like dreaming about him. And, you know, uh, just, I wrote lots of different things to him, but um, just the feeling that I was getting while I was writing was just so powerful and like warm and emotional. I felt like it was a very powerful experience. So I created a workshop to see if it was something that other moms would um, connect with and, um, I've gotten such a great positive response. And um, so I do it um, every four weeks. So it's just about once a month, just to kind of um, give some time between sessions for baby to grow, for mom to experience her experiences. So we come together each month and just kind of talk about what's new, um, what's happened in the past four weeks. Um, you know, anything they really want to talk about it, it becomes kind of a, a support group as well. And then we spend about a half hour in the studio, just like finding our own space and journaling to our babies. Um, and then we leave some time at, end, at the end to reconnect and talk about like what came up in our journaling and, you know, what are some things that we feel have been important to talk about to our babies, whether it's like the way that we understand the world or the things that we hope to teach our babies or just the way that they feel in our bodies and things like that. So, um, so we do um, also uh, like a mindful meditation in the beginning just to 
connect with our babies. And so that's kind of where the, like, the somatic awareness comes in also, just paying attention to how we're feeling in our bodies, uh, you know, if we're sensing baby at all, and then we visualize just baby kind of growing in our bodies. And I think it's just a really beautiful experience and it's been fun doing this workshop. There are so many things I love about this. So I don't know if Kelly has told you, but when we, for our listeners, um, Katie's sister, Kelly, who I met in prenatal yoga, we used to go to this yoga class and it was an hour long, but I swear the first 40 minutes, we're just all the moms, like all 20, 25 of us going around the room. We'd all share what week we were, what we were feeling, what was going well, what wasn't. And then we did like maybe 15 minutes of like very gentle yoga. Being a certified yoga instructor, (laughs) I was like, it was not, it was like a stretching period, but we went because of the camaraderie and just because it was a safe space. And because when you're pregnant too, all you want to do is talk about like what you're thinking or feeling or worried about. And yeah, you might have some pregnant friends, but you don't have a dedicated space where you can kind of navigate this. Um, and something else that I love is that you helping moms get in touch with their feelings. I realized when I became pregnant and since now having had two kids that prior, I was so disconnected from my body. Like I would push through all of those emotions that I had. And that was both Mm -hmm. a strength, which then became my weakness or my downfall, because I never knew when I was pushing past that limit. Yeah. Being pregnant forces you to become more aware of your body, but the more that you're able to then tap into the emotions, I feel like also better prepares you to help your kids do the same. Cause I'll notice when my husband and I are in stress states, I can see it in my three-year-old and I can see where there's times where I can slow down and have him ask him questions about how he's feeling and it helps him process it better. But then by nature of just like the busyness of certain days or the stress of certain days, that doesn't always happen. And I can see where he starts to disconnect from himself too. Mm -hmm. And so it is really interesting that by also teaching moms, you're also helping them teach their kids and setting them up for success. Cause I think our generation, I don't want to make like uh, generic statement, but I do think that people are kind of coming back around to themselves. We've become disconnected. And now there's a wave of people trying to get back in touch with, you know, their like almost inner knowing or their emotions or, you know, um, their source of some kind. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, our, our kids learn from us, right. They learn from observing and, and how we handle their emotions as well. And, if we have, you know, worked on our own skills of being in touch with ourselves and knowing how to connect with ourselves and, um, you know, nurture ourselves in that way, then we can teach that to our children. Yeah, absolutely. So I have one more question for you before we chat a little bit about the future of create space Buffalo and where people can find you, but we always like to ask, um, anyone who joins us on this podcast about a better way that they found and that they would want to share with other moms. So the whole premise of the podcast title is we're helping moms find a better way. And it doesn't need to be our way. It can be their own way, but something that makes their life easier or more fulfilled. And so if you were to share with our listeners, um, a better way that you wish they knew about, or that you wish they'd give themselves permission to follow, what would that be? Yeah. So ask for help is number one. (laughs) Don't be afraid to ask for help. And it's, it's so necessary. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but it's necessary as a mom and as a a business owner. um, 
you have to be superhuman to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. balance all of that on your own. Um, and there's still more things, you know, in my world that I, I could ask for help with, you know, not just childcare, but in my business, um, you know, just being a business owner, you, there's so many hats that you wear that mm-hmm. I didn't even like realize. And I'm like, I, you know, I need help with that. So, so asking for help is a big one. Um, and then like we've been saying, I think throughout this conversation is, um, create the space for what it is that you want to invite into your life. So for example, if, if I want this, um, this business to be my full-time, you know, career, my full-time job, I need to, you know, carve out that time day to day to, to dedicate to my business. And, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, 10 hours a day, I'm kind of like sitting in front of the computer and and away from my son, I think it still allows me to like spend a couple of time, a couple of hours on business and then, you know, spend a good amount of time with my son, but um, creating space for what you want to invite into your life is, is a big one. I think Um, I feel like there were others I had in my mind and now I can't. No, that's okay. I think that's a good one. I feel like it's such an overarching theme. So speaking of create space, um, if folks want to connect with you, um, I've gotten so many like amazing, just tidbits from our conversation and just also reminders that like I knew, but I needed you to remind me and also tell me how (laughs) it's actually like worked in real life. But if folks want to connect with you, um, where should they go? Um, either social media or your website. And then also are people, um, able to access your classes virtually, or is it only for people in the Buffalo area? Um, yes, it can be accessed virtually. So the, Um, I still do my um, weekly support group and that's for individuals with anxiety and depression. So I offer one in studio in person and then I do offer one via Zoom as well. And so that's accessible really to anybody. Um, So if you go to my website, which is createspacebuffalo.com, you can find the information there and you can sign up there as well. I have an Instagram account, which is Create Space Buffalo. And then I'm also on uh, Facebook as Create Space Buffalo. So the, um, the weekly support group is available to anyone, the, the Zoom version. Um, I also do individual art therapy sessions through Zoom as well as in person. And so the sessions through Zoom are available to anybody. Again, I I don't uh, take insurance at this time. It is uh, private pay. And so it's accessible to anybody, which is kind of great. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Honestly, like I feel, I actually feel like this interview needed to happen, our conversation today, because I've been like, a little bit ungrounded. And I feel like you have a very calming presence and you're reminding me of like the best way to approach these times when you're a little stressed and anxious about things. So, um, I know I needed this and I hope anyone who's listening feels the same by the end of this. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you, Courtney. It was really nice chatting with you. Yeah, you too. 
Um, thanks to all of our listeners. I will add this information in the show notes and I um, will speak with you on the next interview. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.